This is Ozarks at Large for Thursday, December 1st, 2022 on your public radio station, KUAF. We are a listener-supported service of the School of Journalism and Strategic Media at the University of Arkansas. Today is World AIDS Day, a day set aside to focus on the fight against HIV, to show support for people living with HIV, and a day dedicated to the memory of people who died from an AIDS-related illness. The United Nations estimates more than 37 million people around the world are living with HIV. And later this hour, we'll learn more about neurofibromatosis and the first clinic in the United States dedicated to the condition. It's located in Arkansas. First, Crystal Bridges' celebration of the U.S. Constitution continues this month. It's in connection with the museum's exhibition, We the People, The Radical Notion of Democracy. Last night, the museum hosted Evening Talk, Hillary Clinton and Angie Maxwell, featuring the former Secretary of State, U.S. Senator, and Democratic presidential nominee. The event sold out soon after it was announced, and the conversation was streamed live on the Arkansas PBS YouTube channel. Much of the discussion centered on topics related to the Constitution. Angie Maxwell, the director of the Diane D. Blair Center for Southern Politics and Society at the University of Arkansas, asked Hillary Clinton about what is and isn't codified in the Constitution. I was thinking the thing that disturbs me the most and why it used to be that people thought it was so interesting when I told them I was a political scientist and now they just go like, oh, I'm so sorry, right? (laughs) Because none of the rules, you know, are there anymore. But seriously, about norms, about so much of the way government works is actually not codified in the Constitution. It is tradition and custom. And if someone wants to exploit that, They can. I mean, do you think some of those things, some of the checks and balances should be more codified in a way? Well, I I didn't until... um, (laughs) We've seen what's happened over the last several years. Um, You know, it's really a shame, and and you have to laugh so you don't cry. we've, We've always had leaders who... Um, you know, cut corners who may not have always done the right thing. Maybe they even, you know, skirted or, or went over the line on the law. I mean, that's, that's human nature. But our presidents, by and large, I think it's fair to say, when it came to the Constitution, when it came to the, the norms of how our system is supposed to work and therefore how they are supposed to uh, be part of it, you know, we're by and large, um, you know, abiding by those, those norms. I mean, when um, the Supreme Court said that uh, George W. Bush was going to be uh, president without counting the votes in Florida, and Al Gore had won the popular vote by 500,000, uh, he didn't say go to the streets and, and stop it from happening. Um, well, as a matter of fact, when I won the popular vote by 2.9, I mean, you know, so I, I can just tell you, I could just tell you my personal, you know, experience. So obviously, um, it, it, it was, you know, a very difficult time, and I gave my concession speech, and I said, you have to give the president, the new president, uh, a chance, and that's part of the norms, where actually, if you don't win in our crazy electoral college system, you know, like Al Gore, who gave a magnificent concession speech, I tried to say, okay, look, he's now going to be our president. And... You know, I did hope for the best. I really did. I, I thought, you know, the office itself has such an aura about it that I really believed that there had to be some impact on uh, behavior. And then I went to the inauguration. And that was another norm. I mean, if you think I wanted to go to the inauguration, Maybe not so much. And, but we were there, and I was sitting next to George W. Bush, and we were listening to this speech, because usually, I, you know, if you go back and look at inaugural speeches, you know, presidents, in one way or another, they say, okay, we had a hard-fought election, 
but now I want to be the president of everybody. I want to bring the country together. Well, we were hearing carnage in the streets and dark, dystopian views about our country. And I was sitting there and thinking, what's happening? I mean, that is, that is beyond the norm. That is not, I mean, you could maybe say, I'm really proud of my supporters, I'm going to do the best I can, but I want other people to join me. You can do something to kind of act like you are bringing the whole country together. And as I reported in my book after the election what happened, the, you know, Trump finishes his speech, Bush turns to me and he goes, that was some weird <laughs> Maxwell also asked about a country that seemingly becomes more divided each day. It's, it feels like it's two Americas. It feels like it used to be when you know, the Bill of Rights only really affected your federal citizenship. And if you lived in a state that didn't have those same protections, you know, one citizenship you know, was skimpy, to say the least. Um, and it's starting to feel that way, again, on gun control, on abortion access, on right to work, um, that you know, people in some states have a lot more rights than people in other states. Well, and I don't know what the solution is, but yeah. it feels familiar it and not in a, in a backsliding way. Well, look, I, I think your, your description is right that um, there is a lot of um, uh, difference between states now and most likely there will be even greater difference in some places going forward. Um, and it's not clear to me exactly um, what that's going to mean because it won't mean the same thing for every place, I don't think. So, for example, um, I, I, I think that there are people who are going to be choosing where to go to medical school based on where they can get a full education and everything, including you know, reproductive health care. There are young women who are going to be deciding where to go to college based on things like that. There are going to be businesses that employ a lot of women who are going to be thinking about that. So I'm not sure how this plays out in real life, everyday ways so that people are voting with their feet, so to speak, by where they're going to live or, or not. Um, but I, you will see some of that. But a lot of this is going to have to be dealt with in the political arena. People are going to have to decide whether they can take a lot of this on. And some of it will be circumstantial, like if, somebody, if a woman dies because she can't get medical care because doctors are afraid to treat her to the highest standards of medical profession because of the laws in their states, you know, that will have an impact. And, we're, and we have to figure out how to look at this as the intensely personal battle it is, but not leave it to individuals to try to fight it out. We have to have, you know, uh, organized efforts, as you saw, as I said, in Kansas and elsewhere. So I, I'm, I think it's a little soon to try to figure out exactly everything that's going to play out, but um, I do think that some states will, in effect, see impacts on their economy, their education systems, because of, you know, the laws that they have. Hillary Clinton talking with Angie Maxwell last night at Crystal Bridges Museum of American Art in Bentonville. The complete discussion can be found on the Arkansas PBS YouTube page. Later this month, there will be more conversations connected to the We the People exhibit. Details about those can be found at crystalbridges.org. Hi, I'm Brett Ratliff, the new membership director here at KUAF. The season of giving is here, and at KUAF, that means it's time for the Season of Giving fundraiser. Beginning on Monday, December 5th, KUAF will be live on the air, raising funds to help pay for the programming you've relied on and enjoyed all year long. And as usual, we'll have giveaways, gift memberships, and a KUAF 
live double CD as thank you gifts. Support the station you love during our Season of Giving fundraiser beginning on Monday, December 5th. Ahead on today's show, Dancing for a Very Good Cause. Um, so when they asked me to do this, that's kind of my thought was like, oh man, should I sign up for this? Because I, I personally watch Dancing with the Stars. So when I see a previous dancer, I'm thinking, oh, okay, well, I got to tell you, ballroom dancing is a different beast. Dancing with our stars raises awareness about and money for research regarding neurofibromatosis. We'll learn more about NF and find out how Tara Gartman Marzano the Vice President of Retail Development at Paramount Global, prepared to dance tomorrow night. That's later on this edition of Ozarks at Large. Time now for today's Northwest Arkansas Business Journal report. I'm Paul Gatling. In the latest issue of the Business Journal, we've got some reporting on the new mixed-use development called South Yard. The $63 million development is led by a specialized real estate group of Fayetteville and is opening in stages. It will include 128 apartments, multiple restaurants, and a seven-story hotel when completed in late 2024. Area business owners expected to contribute to the revitalization of South Fayetteville. Plus, the latest summary of deposits report from the FDIC shows what banks hold the most money in Northwest Arkansas. We've also got tax tips for real estate investors from Malena Powell, and details of a Little Rock insurance firm that is planning a second location in downtown Fayetteville. All of those stories and more are in the latest issue, and you can read the digital version for free at nwabusinessjournal.com. After the break, we will hear from University of Arkansas Chancellor Dr. Charles Robinson. That's next on today's Northwest Arkansas Business Journal Report. Support for the Northwest Arkansas Business Journal Report is provided by the Arkansas State Chamber of Commerce and Associated Industries of Arkansas. The Chamber's mission is to promote a pro-business, free enterprise agenda and prevent legislation, regulation, and rules that hinder business. ArkansasStateChamber.com Arkansas Blue Cross and Blue Shield For more than 70 years, Arkansas Blue Cross and Blue Shield has used its knowledge and compassion to create healthcare solutions for individuals and businesses. More information at ArkansasBlueCross.com. First Security is proud to be only in Arkansas. They offer smart solutions for personal and business banking, plus convenient services and community investment. First Security, member FDIC, equal housing lender. In a historic and unanimous vote, the University of Arkansas System Board of Trustees selected Dr. Charles Robinson to be the new chancellor of the flagship campus in Fayetteville. Robinson is the first African-American to be chancellor of the Fayetteville campus. He's been at the school for more than 20 years, most recently as interim chancellor. In a recent interview with Roby Brock, Robinson shared some insight about how he will move the university forward. I know one of the things that you said you want to do is advance the um, university's land grant uh, program there. I think for people who don't know what all that means, explain what that mission is, what you want to see done, and the fact that it really touches all 75 counties in Arkansas, not just Northwest Arkansas. That's right. The University of Arkansas was created to serve the state of Arkansas. And that's why I've always preferred land grant over flagship. Flagship is great. I mean, it says you're the biggest, you know, you've got the most. But it talks about you. Land grant talks about others. And our job, as I see it, is to serve others, to serve the state of Arkansas. And so we can serve them by doing a better job with uh, recruiting students and then retaining them and, 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 and supporting them in such a way that they are better prepared to engage the workforce. That's part of our land grant mission. Also, with regards to research and innovation, Our job is to have cutting edge research that solves problems, that connects with industry, that helps solve their problems, and so that we improve life as we know it in our state, our nation, and the world. So the land grant mission is always ongoing. It's a beautiful mission. It's a service mission. 
And it's absolutely where, for me, in terms of how I see higher education, it's where I need to be uh, because that's what, you know, to me matters. That's what makes higher education meaningful when it serves the people of the state. I am well aware of a lot of the different research tentacles that the University of Arkansas has going on because we report on it a lot. Uh, that doesn't mean everybody remembers everything that we report on. So talk to me a little bit about the other areas of research that the university touches. And do you have some specific opportunities that you see that we should be looking to expand or broaden our reach in? Right. You probably are aware of our uh, IQDAR, which is a research, our innovative and integrative research uh, enterprise. It was it came as a result of a gift from the uh, Walton Family Foundation, $194 million gift. We've begun at building this research enterprise that we believe will help us to connect more meaningfully with industry and help really start to uh, solve some problems that in the past we we haven't been able to focus on. And again, we're very, very great, grateful for the general support of the Walton family. And then uh, beyond IQDAR, we have Alan Mantooth's uh, Silicon Carbide uh, uh, Research Enterprise. And that involves taking these semiconductors and, and, and actually having low volume prototyping so that we can know what semiconductor chips work in what situations, in what environments, and we lay the foundation for those chips from a research standpoint that could be then taken and manufactured in a kind of a, a, a mass manufacturing uh, standpoint. We build this here, which is in our plan. It'll be the only uh, uh, industry or the only type of research enterprise of its kind in the country. Uh, and so we're really, really excited about Alan Mantu's work because it's work that he's been doing for 20 years, but it's not really something that we've really talked about a lot. And now he's ready to expand. He, he got a 19 or an $18 million gift from NSF last year. And now we're in a place to start really actualizing some of the research uh, ideas that, that he has and to see that come to pass. Give me just a little sneak preview. You mentioned earlier that you started that strategic planning process now that you get to take the interim cap off. Just give me one thing, one area you're going to be moving into that maybe people aren't aware of just yet. Yeah, well, if you look at our uh, our graduation rates, we're, we have the highest graduation rates in the state. However, there is a differentiation between students who are Pell eligible and those who are not. Non-Pell eligible students uh, are graduating at 76% over six years, whereas Pell students are graduating around 55% over six years. And for most of that difference, you can explain it tied to cost, their ability to manage costs. So that if a student can't afford college, they go to work, they work 20, 30, sometimes 40 hours a week while they're taking classes. So if we could build a fund to reduce the cost of those who are Pell eligible, to really reduce their costs, we are likely to close that gap in that six-year graduation rate. And I think that that would be a noble endeavor for the land-grant institution to be able to close that gap and say to our Pell eligible students in this state that if you gain acceptance to the University of Arkansas, we will provide you with resources that greatly reduce reduces your 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 uh, your debt load, and 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 then allows you to be more of a traditional student, finish up in four years, five years, and so that you're not uh, incurring greater debt. Because you know nationally that's a real issue, and we want to always be at the forefront of trying to reduce costs, particularly for Arkansans. So that's an example of the type of strategic planning that you have to do if you want to improve student success. And that is Dr. Charles Robinson, Chancellor of the University of Arkansas at Fayetteville. He is the seventh Chancellor of the Fayetteville campus since that job was created in 1982. There is more of that interview with Roby Brock, and you can find that over on our sister website at talkbusiness.net. Little Rock-based Arkansas Federal Credit Union is planning to build a second location in Rogers. 
The company closed a deal in October to buy land at the intersection of South 52nd Street and Horse Barn Road. A new location there will join the existing Rogers branch on West Walnut Street. A new apartment complex known as Pure Springdale is officially complete. The new construction is near Arvest Ballpark and has 234 units. Missouri developer Mia Rose Holdings and Rogers builder ERC Construction Group combined to complete that 13-acre project. And Fayetteville-based digital healthcare company CardioWise was named a rising star in a health technology awards program hosted by an affiliate of the University of California. CardioWise was one of four companies to be named a rising star for the clinical diagnostic tool category during the 2022 Digital Health Awards. For more news, visit us online at nwabusinessjournal.com where you can follow our reporting each and every day. I'm Paul Gatling, and that's the Northwest Arkansas Business Journal Report. Until next time, thanks for listening. This is Ozarks at Large. It is time for a survey of live music. As we head towards winter, to help us do that is Timothy Dennis. This week, some days have kind of felt like we're already in winter. You know where I am on that. If it's below 60 degrees, <laughs> I think it's winter. Let's start with tonight. A couple of shows that listeners may already be aware of that are happening tonight that we've previewed earlier in the week on the show. Starting with the Milk Carton Kids. are going to be in Bentonville tonight. With Buffalo Nichols, part of E-Town. Yeah, it's going to be at the Momentary. should be a really good show. The Milk Carton Kids, they never disappoint. They do not. Uh, tickets for that show are $25. That gets underway at 9 o'clock tonight, again at the Momentary in Bentonville. Down at the other end of the listening area in Fort Smith, Temple Live is going to have Little Feet. Oh, in that's the house. right. Had an interview with Fred Tackett a couple days ago. I loved listening to that interview. He that was with him. such a pleasure to talk to. I could have talked to him for another hour, if not for editing. But that show at Temple Live tonight gets underway at 8 o'clock. Tickets start at about $56. Okay, jumping ahead to tomorrow night. George's Majestic Lounge in Fayetteville is going to welcome back Steve Kimmock. Oh, for his annual yeah. return to Fayetteville. He is actually bringing back the band Zero, which was kind of a band he was a part of in San Francisco in the late 80s, early 90s. I probably saw them, but I don't remember. It sounds like Steve Kimmock. Okay. They are going to have a three-night stand at George's, Friday, Saturday, and Sunday. Tickets for single day are $28 in advance. They go up to $33 at the door. Three-day passes, if you want to go to all three nights, are $75, but there are only a few of those left. So if you want to go to the full stand, you should probably act quickly. Again, that's at George's Friday. Saturday and Sunday. Friday and Saturday nights start at 9 p.m. Sunday night starts at 8 p.m. Okay, moving on. Nomads Charleside in Fayetteville tomorrow night is going to have a trio of local songwriters featuring Jeremiah Griffin, Peter Rexford, and Madison Gregory. $5. That'll get underway at 8 o'clock tomorrow night, again at Nomad's Trailside in Midtown Fayetteville. Also happening in downtown Fayetteville tomorrow night, it is the Northwest Arkansas Jazz Society Tricennial Anniversary Concert. Apparently they've been around for 30 years. So 30 years is a tricennial? Yeah, I didn't realize that. I didn't either. But it makes sense. It's going to be featuring performances by some local jazz legends, including Jim Greeson and Claudia Burson. That'll be a lot of fun. If you're not a member of the Northwest Arkansas Jazz Society, tickets are $35, and that's happening at the Roots HQ tomorrow night, beginning at 7 o'clock. Again, that's in downtown Fayetteville. Next edition of the Home Sweet Home House Concerts by City Sessions is taking place. This month, they're featuring Nashville-based artist Carly Bannister and local Fayetteville artist Jackson Hoyt. Okay. The algorithm shakes as the pixels create what I hate again. The algorithm shakes as the pixels.
we make who I am. That's taking place at the Gathering Barn in WA. Tickets are $20. If you need directions or more information, you can find all of that on the City Sessions Facebook page or on the show page on stubs.net. Okay. Moving on, Chelsea's in Eureka Springs tomorrow night is going to have the St. Louis-based alt-rock band The Public in the house. for that's $5. That gets underway at 9.30 tomorrow night, again at Chelsea's in Eureka Springs. Down in Fort Smith tomorrow night, Majestic is going to have an evening of country music featuring Cody Hibbert, who's originally from Oklahoma, and the band Hayfield, who mixes Nashville and Texas country. They're originally from Arkansas. How to get in and out of trouble How to find a good girl and love her How to get back up every time Cover for that is $12 in advance, goes up to $15 at the door. That gets underway at 7.30 tomorrow night, again at the Majestic in Fort Smith. Okay, let's move ahead to Saturday. Chelsea's in Eureka Springs are going to welcome the one-man band of Doug Die Carey, who goes under the name Dance Monkey Dance. Uh-huh. Right. That show gets underway at 9.30 Saturday evening, again at Chelsea's in Eureka Springs. The Gravel Bar Saturday night is going to have some artists you've had in the studio this year. Oh, Patty Steele and Michael Tisdale. I love them. They're I absolutely, absolutely fantastic. Them. And that new album of hers just sounds amazing. It's really good. Got on the front porch, captivated one more time. Jeremiah's a calling, lines it down, it didn't go through. That show gets underway at 7 o'clock Saturday evening again at the Gravel Bar in Eureka Springs. Got a whole brewing in Eureka Springs Saturday night is going to have Southeast Kansas-based songwriter David Loving on stage. That set gets underway at 5 o'clock Saturday evening again at Got a Hope Brewing in Eureka Springs. Jumping ahead to Monday, Georgia's Majestic Lounge in Fayetteville is going to have a couple of pretty heavy hitters on stage, American Aquarium and Corey Brannon. Yeah, that's Monday night? That's Monday night. All right. Tickets are $20 in advance, go up to $25 at the door. That'll get underway at 8 o'clock Monday evening again at George's in Fayetteville. Tuesday, Temple Live in Fort Smith is going to have a little bit of an eclectic show featuring the stoner alt-rock band Rome and Duddy and the Georgia-raised country artist Channing Wilson on stage. Tickets start at $35. That gets underway at 8 o'clock Tuesday evening at Temple Live in Fort Smith. Wednesday, back in Fayetteville, George's Majestic Lounge is going to have kind of a showcase featuring a lot of local artists, some of which have been on our lunch hour this year. They're going to have Modeling, Bang, Pura Coco, The Red Lens, and DJ Afrosia on stage. The majority of those artists have been Yeah, half of them at least. Yeah. Cover for that show is $10. That gets underway at 6.30 Wednesday evening again at George's in Fayetteville. 612 Coffee House next Wednesday is going to have the McKelvin Brothers on stage. They're a South Arkansas alt-rock group. I don't know what's wrong Taking on the pressure How did all the start That show gets underway at 7 o'clock next Wednesday, again at 612 Coffee House in Fayetteville. And finally, next Thursday, a week from today, JJ's Live in Fayetteville is going to have Trampled by Turtles on stage. Oh, wow. That's a pretty big gift. Yeah, yeah, it is. Tickets are $29.50 in advance. They go up to $35 at the door. Gets underway at 7.30 next Thursday evening at JJ's Live in Fayetteville. State House Electric will be at Mojo's Pints and Pies next Thursday evening. The original? The OG one on yeah. Garland. That gets underway at 6 o'clock. Again, that's next Thursday. And then also in Fable next Thursday evening, James McMurtry is going to be at Walnut Center. 
We all filtered away with the days getting shorter, seeking our place in the greater scheme. Kids and careers and a vague sense of order and busting apart at the seams. Tickets for that are $36. That'll get underway at 7.30 next Thursday evening, again at Walton Arts Center in Fayetteville. And by next Thursday, we're in, well, we're in December now, aren't we? Yeah, we are. Oh, okay. Well, there you go. Next Thursday, we'll be in the middle of a fundraiser, though. Yes, we will. Thank you, Timothy. Thank you. The Scott Family Amazium invites guests to explore unique gift options for everyone in the family at the museum store, Curiosity Corner, online or in person. From puzzles to experiments to games and everything needed to make learning at home fun. Amazium memberships available for year-round visits. Information at amazium.org. This is Ozarks at Large. Tomorrow night, a half dozen people who are not professional dancers, rather a realtor, a chiropractor, a veterinarian, will dance for a good cause. The second annual Dancing with Our Stars at 21C Museum Hotel will raise awareness about and money related to research for neurofibromatosis, or NF. NF is a condition that causes tumors to grow on nerves, has no cure, and affects about 2.5 million people. One of the dancers tomorrow night will be Tara Gartman-Marzano from Rogers. She's the vice president of retail development at Paramount Global. I reached her by Zoom yesterday to ask her about getting ready for the event and about NF. I had never heard of NF. And when I, when I, before I committed and said I wanted to do it, I did my research. And a little bit about NF that shocked me, number one, is that it affects one in 3,000 births. Um, which is about 2.5 million people worldwide. And what it is, it is a group of genetic disorders that causes tumors to grow on nerves throughout the body. And what I what I learned with this is that there's two different types. You can, some types, the tumors are grow on the outside and you can see it. And sometimes tumors grow on the inside of the body. So, you know, there are some people that you're able to see NF and others you're not. And that's something that I've seen with the NF community and just learning about the disease in itself. Um, what, what the community really wants is they want people to see them and see NF. And for me, that was amazing because I, you know, there are no, there's no telling how many people are walking around that you have no idea have NF. Um, And then the other thing that I thought was amazing is that they are making a lot of progress towards a cure, but part of what they're really trying to do is spread awareness, um, educate people, which, I mean, as you can tell, I've been more than educated and I'm passionate about it now. Um, And then also the state of Arkansas. So for over 25 years, CTF has been doing research and doing fundraising in the state of Arkansas. And we actually, the, the one of the, the main things that the event is raising money for is helping open up adult NF clinics. So a little bit on that is essentially the Children's Tumor Foundation is trying to find a way to bridge and open up once, once kids turn 18, they go out into the world. And so they're trying to find a bridge for clinics and Arkansas is piloting the first ever. Wow. And so... The Dancing with Our Stars that takes place on Friday night is both raising funds and awareness. Yes, absolutely. Friday night, uh, December 2nd at 6 o'clock. All right. So you you have experience with dance. Um, does that make you a ringer in this? I mean, do your fellow uh, participants have backgrounds in dance? Okay. That's a, that's a loaded question, Kyle. A loaded question. <laughs> No, and I think opinions might be different among the group, but um, no, I do. I have a lot of experience growing up in dance. It was ballet, tap, jazz, hip hop, and it's been a passion of mine forever. Um, So when they asked me to do this, that's kind of my thought was like, oh man, should I sign up for this? Because I I personally watch Dancing with the Stars. And when I see a previous dancer, I'm thinking, okay, well, I got to tell you, ballroom dancing is a different beast. And it is the exact opposite of what I learned in ballet. And so everything I learned growing up, I've had to unlearn to do ballroom dancing. And partner dancing is also totally different than what I'm used to. Um, so it is, I, I did I did partner dancing in ballet, um, but this is just a completely different ball game. And it's been an incredible experience. I will say um, the one area that 
that I think that I'll be a little more comfortable for, with is actually performing. And we actually, our group got together last night and we were talking about, you know, getting the jitters out before Friday and I'm excited to perform again and actually surprisingly very nervous. Who was your partner? How did you determine what you would do, what your routine would be? So Morton Jensen is my partner. He is the owner. He co-owns the uh, Fred Astaire studio in Bentonville with his wife, Mira. And I was assigned Morton by Julie. So the first time I met him with Morton, I told him I don't have any ballroom dance experience. Um, told him we loved, I would love to do something energetic, um, high energy, crowd pleaser. And he chose a swing and cha-cha medley. Well, that will give the knees and the ankles and the hips a bit of a workout, I imagine. Absolutely. And a little on Morton, he actually moved here from Denmark on a on an arts visa. He's trained in ballroom dancing since he was five years old. And, you know, his he's really stretched me to push myself. And like I think because my baseline was a dancer, he pushes me and and has me do even more than what I'm comfortable with. So I've really been rehearsing and it's been a great experience. All right, this might be a silly question, but your vice president retail development at Paramount Global. Is there anything in your job that relates to learning a ballroom dance sequence? Absolutely. Absolutely. And it's a couple things. So it's, you know, it's interesting. I, I tell you, I have a background in dance and I think that's helped me in my daily life with working with people. Um, I, you know, I always say it's, it's fascinating. I'll reverse that question on you. Dancing, I think has taught me the the two things, discipline and collaboration. Mm. And those have really helped me in my career. And then I would say the next thing is in my job, vice versa here is really being able to improvise because nothing's perfect when you go out there and you do it. if, If it's perfect, I mean, that's, it's not normal for something to go absolutely without flaws. So being able to recover um, is is one thing that I think in my daily life I have to do with work, and I learned it both in dance. What kind of shoes do you wear, and how do you make sure they're safe? Right? You don't want to slide. You don't want to trip. You don't want to twist. Well, that is, you know, when I told you Morton has really been pushing me. Uh-huh. I'm wearing, so there are ballroom shoes that you buy and this is a new, there are, they are heels. So with the, with the swing, I guess with the swing and the, the cha-cha, they are two and a half inch heels. And what's interesting, the bottom is actually felt. Okay. And so you're able to dance while it grips the floor. It's very fascinating. Um, you know, I when speaking of ballet, growing up, there's point shoes, and I knew how to take care of my point shoes. The same thing applies with, with dance shoes. And what I learned with ballroom is that there is a different style of dance shoes for every different dance you do. Whether it's a smooth dance, you have closed toe shoes. Um, more of the rhythm dancing is open toe shoes. And this is just, this is me amateur. I'm probably butchering it right now, but I do. That's my, that's my one-on-one that I know at an inch deep level. Is there a place where people can learn more about NF or, or the efforts in Arkansas? Absolutely. If you want to learn more, visit ctf.org. And there, if you do want to donate to our local event, it is ctf.org slash D-W-O-S-N-W-A, or if you want to donate in general, ctf.org. There is a good luck wish you give actors that I'm assuming you never give dancers. What what do you say to someone on the eve of a, of a dance presentation? You know, that's so funny. I've actually never thought about that. It's always break a leg. Um, but, you know, I guess it's just good luck in this one. And I guess for me, let's just hold on to those ankles with these new heels that I'm working in. Dara Garvin Marzano from Rogers is the vice president of retail development at Paramount Global, one of six people dancing in the Dancing with Our Stars event at 21C Museum Hotel in Bentonville tomorrow night. And the first clinic of its kind in the U.S. geared toward treating adults with NF, now open in Little Rock. Though it began accepting patients late last year, officials with the University of Arkansas for Medical Sciences yesterday formally dedicated the clinic for adults with NF. Dr. Michael Burr. Director of the UAMS Winthrop P. Rockefeller Cancer Institute, says adults often face challenges in getting treatment after aging out of the pediatric health care system. 
That creates a hugely complex path. It does predispose to redundant care. It predisposes to sometimes unnecessary procedures. This is the problem that these patients face, and that's why we are delighted to have the NF clinic, which will meet that unmet need by coordinating the care for these patients. NF refers to three diseases which typically cause non-cancerous tumors to form in the brain, spinal cord, and nerves. Kathleen Sullivan's husband and two sons are patients of the clinic. She says she hopes to see similar clinics open around the world. How do you express to people the profound joy? Because that's really what it is. It's, it's joy in knowing I can't change their circumstances. I can't change this disease. But we have the opportunity to get the care that you can't get anywhere else in the U.S. About two and a half million adults are living with NF, which currently has no cure. The UAMS clinic has been formally designated by the Children's Tumor Foundation, which also yesterday announced a half million dollar donation. Associate Professor at the University of Arkansas Music Department, expanding our musical boundaries with Sound Perimeter. We open Sound Perimeter today with bassoonist Cornelia Sommer, interpreting Romance Opus 62 by English composer Edward Elgar. The title Romance in music has a long history. It was first used in Spanish songs from the 14th century to label those on a wide variety of subjects depicting universal sentiments such as love, fear, and anger. From the 18th century and beyond, it became the label for simple lyrical pieces, for voice, and also for instruments, illustrating intimate, tender, loving, and passionate musical ideas. Cornelia Sommer, our performer today, is a bassoonist, arranger, and educator dedicated to sharing music with diverse audiences and expanding the bassoon's repertoire. Originally from Seattle, she is now based in New York City. This version of Elgar's Romance is from a 2018 live performance at the Juilliard School of Music.
That was New York-based bassoonist Cornelia Sommer interpreting Romance Opus 62 by English composer Edward Elgar. Edward Elgar, most known for his pieces Pomp and Circumstance, Enigma Variations, and the Cello Concerto, wrote this reflective romance for bassoon in 1911 for his good friend Edwin James, at the time principal bassoonist of the London Symphony Orchestra. Perhaps one of the most famous pieces for classical guitar, also written in a tender and bosoming style, is the Spanish Romance or Romance Anonimo, among many other titles, a work dating from the 19th century. This piece has been attributed to many composers, including Antonio Rubira, Francisco Tárrega, and Fernando Sor. Spanish romance, romantic and nostalgic, is found in many collections for the classical guitar and also in many examples of popular culture, including Andy Williams' song Vino de Amore, the opening of the band My Chemical Romance's debut album I Brought You My Bullets, You Wrote Me Your Love from 2002, and René Clement's 1952 film Forbidden Games, which gives this piece all the worldwide popularity. Let us listen to Maria Ajik play Spanish romance in a performance from 2019. It was Maria Ajik interpreting the well-known Spanish romance, an anonymous guitar piece from the 19th century for guitar, made known widely by its presence in both classical and popular culture. Today, in Sound Perimeter, we listen to two lyrical pieces of music titled Romances, both full of sentimentality, simplicity, and warmth that I hope you enjoyed. This is Leah Uribe, Associate Professor at the University of Arkansas Music Department, expanding our musical boundaries with Sound Perimeter. Sound Perimeter is a segment dedicated to diverse voices in and around music. I hope it will expand your knowledge and connection to inclusive sounds and let music infiltrate your lives and transform your realities. See you soon.
from the magical vine Once you've taken a sip Of that sweet summer wine You'll be lost in its spell Then I know you'll be mine So let's drink to Elvino de Tomorrow on Ozarks, the women, Republicans and Democrats who have served Arkansas in the state legislature. Uh, being from Fayetteville, the voters of Fayetteville would send women to represent our districts uh, in this area. Matthew Moore talks with authors Lindsley and Stephen Smith about their book, States Women, A Centennial History of Arkansas Women Legislators, 1922 to 2022. That's tomorrow at noon and 7 p.m. And as part of our Ozarks at Large podcast, available where you get your podcasts. The Botanical Garden of the Ozarks holiday membership offer lasts through December 15th. The gift of a membership includes discounts on classes and events, as well as free children's education programs the whole family can enjoy. More at bgozarks.org. Happy holidays from the KUAF and Friends Holiday Giveaway. This is your chance to win a gift from one of many generous KUAF underwriters. Participants include Kalamas Plastic Surgery, Pearl's Books, Spaceberry Music Festival, and more. Winners announced Friday, December 9th during the noon edition of Ozarks at Large. Details and registration are available at KUAF.com. This is 91.3 KUAF, Fayetteville, Fort Smith, Bentonville, and Springdale. KUAF is a listener-supported service of the School of Journalism and Strategic Media at the University of Arkansas. Timothy Dennis produced today's show inside the Herald and Blanchcock News Studio. Contributors today included Timothy, Paul Gatling, Roby Brock, and Leah Uribe. Our theme is written and performed by Daryl Sean. Our membership director at KUAF is Brett Ratliff. Additional content today provided by KUAR, Public Radio for Little Rock and Central Arkansas. You can always find out more about us online at ozarksatlarge.com or ask your smart speaker to please play Ozarks at Large and hear the most recent edition of our show. From the Carver Center for Public Radio, I'm Kyle Kellums. Thanks for listening. Be well.